Thanks for tuning into McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. You might hear us referring to a phone number to call or text as this podcast is taken from a live radio show. Instead of calling or texting, we invite you to reach out to us on our website. McNamara on Money is heard on six continents and in more than 50 countries worldwide. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Alongside Alyssa McNamara-Reed. How are you doing this morning, Alyssa? Morning. I didn't have my microphone ready. Oh, my gosh. Into the microphone. Good morning. I'm well. How are you? (laughs) I'm sitting here with my headphones on. I did have a very clear view of your face on the the Zoom screen. Um, So what's new? Not much. No, just busy time of year. Tax time, busy time. Um, Isn't it always, though? Yeah, it always is. Um, too many kids. We got too many kids. <laughs> I was talking about work. Oh, okay. <laughs> work is well, really busy. Just adds to it. Yeah, tax time. It's tax time. But yeah. On that topic, we are so we're going to be talking about retirement plan distributions and strategy. We've had some changes over the past. Oh gosh, when did they start? The when did the when did the first changes to IRA um, distributions happen? Maybe 2018. But I feel like it's been like a, a constant change here to yeah. ages mm-hmm. on requirement required distributions and uh, you know IRA distributions uh, in general. Uh, there are a lot of ages that have changed and some of the rules have changed as well. So I thought we'd just do a deep dive on all types of IRA distributions, 401ks, I should say retirement plan distributions. So we're going to catch 401ks and 403bs. We'll talk about um, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, and uh, inherited uh, as well and, and go over some of that strategy. So Yep, sounds good. Um, before we get started, if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email, questions at McNamara on money.com. Again, that's questions at McNamara on money.com. You can also uh, send we, a text. I was going to say, there yep. is a text line. There's I don't actually know what now. the number is, so It's though. the same call-in number, 781-837-4900. All right. So you a new text, text line if you'd like call. to text us. Yep. We are, we're live here Saturday morning. We do some rebroadcasts as well. So if you have a text for us, shoot us, uh, shoot us a text, 781-834-837. 837-4900. Is that's home 834? Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm confused. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's just jump right into it. I guess probably the best thing to do is start at the very top and just go over some of the basic rules. Some of them haven't changed, but I feel like we should at least go over when you can take money out of your IRA. So the standard age for a penalty-free IRA 401k distribution is 59 and a half. So that has not changed since we've been in the business. I actually don't yeah. know if I don't really go back further than that personally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so it's still 59 and a half. And that's not the that's not the year in which you turn 59 and a half. That's your actual age, 59 and a half, when you can take money out of an IRA with no IRA 401k with no penalty on top of the taxes that you're going to owe, right? So assuming it's a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, not a Roth, you take money out, uh, 59 and a half, no penalty. Yep. And just to clarify the penalty for distributions prior to that, 10% added to federal tax bill. 10%, right. Unless it's Uh, a simple IRA within two years, not to get too complicated, but then the penalty is greater than that. 
25. Yeah, I should yeah. point out, we're, yeah. we're going to go through some of the numbers here. There are, yeah. if, you, if you go through the tax code, there are going to be a lot of exceptions here and there, and we certainly are not going to catch it. Would be, we could probably fill an hour with just the rule, just the rules on distribution, yeah. uh, but it would be a fairly boring, boring. hour. So we're going to yeah. try to hit the high points, Sounds and then we'll talk some strategy because the vast majority of folks are not going to... The exceptions don't apply to most people, so we're going to try to you know, help out as many people as possible here yeah. on this show. Yeah. So yeah, tax and penalty free at fifty nine and a half for a Roth IRA. If you take money out of a Roth, fifty nine and a half is the age at which you get tax free, and you don't have to pay earning. Uh, sorry, taxes and a penalty on the earnings. Yeah. Right. So the Roth IRA is tax free. Again, that's making sure you follow all the rules about the distribution, and that's also fifty nine and a half plus five years, having it been open for five years and five years. Yes, yet. as a five year rule yeah, yeah. on on having that Roth open. Yeah, okay. My favorite. starting, I believe, January first of the year that you open the Roth. I think, yeah, most people that probably catches most people now by now have a Roth. Maybe I guess not most, but a lot of many more folks than yeah. when they first came out back in the early 2000s. Yeah. So a lot of folks are, do have a Roth IRA that's open. But yes, uh, and I think largely rule. because of our love for them and our communicating think, yeah. our love for them. A, if you if you mapped it nationally, the areas around Marshfield <laughs> yep. and Logan, yeah, Greater Boston, <laughs> thanks to us, is really high Roth adoption. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Move on. There are a few exceptions to that 59 and a half rule, which we will talk about briefly. 55, if you retire from a company and you have your 401k there, right? So let's say you worked at IBM and you retire at 55 and you have money in the IBM 401k, you can take money out of that account at age 55 or afterwards. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's an exception there for the 401k of the company that you just left. It comes in handy, certainly if you're in an early retirement potential situation, then it's something you want to keep in mind, even if you have even if you have multiple IRAs and you prefer to have everything centralized in one spot, uh, you, you probably want to at least consider keeping that 401k in place if you're going to retire early and, and or if you think you might need some liquidity in the years between 55 and 59. Yeah, and or maybe like a job change in those right. years and if you're unsure and yeah. might need an Income prior to getting reemployed, yeah, maybe don't right. roll it until yeah, there's certainty. That's yeah, my, either, it's it's there are more and more late career layoffs. It's certainly not uncommon now, and so if you just keep that in mind, that even if there's a even if you're going to get a payout as part of your layoff, maybe just hang on to the 401k just in case, depending on how long it's going to take you to get reemployed. I wonder what the reason is for the difference between that 401ks and IRAs in that regard. Four and a half year difference. Yeah, in terms I, of, I never thought about that, but yeah, I don't really know why it would be different. I know that yeah, the whole four hundred one ks have their own part of the tax code, so yeah. I don't. I'm not sure. We yeah. weren't around when they were first drawn up, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right. I don't think there's much more on that. That's a pretty simple one. We. I'll also just mention that you can take distributions earlier. There's something called a 72T distribution. It's, again, very uncommon. I think I've, yeah. we've, I think I've only been involved in a few yeah. in the 20 years. that, that 20 22, years Justin. Now. 22 I years know, for you. 22 years. Okay. Fine. Uh, we've only been involved. I, I've only done personally a, a few of these, so they're fairly yeah. rare exceptions. But you can take money out. Really, at I guess at, I think it's at any age, as long as you take a, as long as you're taking distributions based on an approved life expectancy payment. So something like many or at least maybe most people are familiar with when you take a required minimum distribution, 
it's based on a life expectancy calculation, right? So it's, yeah. it has to be a minimum based on what your age is, and that number is recalculated as you go. You have to set up something similar to that if you want. Let's say you want you're 50 and you were part of a startup and you had their 401k and you had their stock in a 401k when it went public, and you have 10 million dollars in your 401k. You can retire at 45 and take distributions from your IRA. You just have to set it up so that they're they're based on a life expectancy payment and they last for at least five years or until you're 59 and a half. So you can do that and that is that would just be taxable, but not not penalized as long as you follow all those rules. Yeah, pretty rare, but because maybe pretty rare that the retirement account is sizable enough at, a, right. at an age much before 59 and a half that life expectancy distributions would be enough to support someone. Um, yeah, especially now, yeah. You're, yeah. a lot of these people maybe are getting professional advice, and if they came to someone like you or I, we would say, hey, it's, yes, that's, th- those rules are correct, but if you're planning on living to age 90, which, yeah. which is when we're, we're always worrying about longevity, yeah. and longevity now is if you're, starting, if you're starting your distributions in your 50s, that's a long, that's yeah. a long time to be pulling yeah. money out of a portfolio, yeah. and, and it has to be pretty substantial, so yeah, yeah. I'm sure it happens, yeah. but um, fairly rare. Yeah. But if you're lucky enough, if you're in that situation, keep it in mind. Yep. I don't know. Do we want to go over? There, there are a bunch of exceptions to early withdrawal penalties, like first time home buyer. I, I don't think I'll go over all of those. It's a very long list now. Yeah. And so I think just keep in mind there are some exceptions to that rule. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I first time home buyer, dis- disability, education payments, like a college education payments directly to institutions, things like that. But yeah, there. Are, I guess you mentioned where to go on the IRS website to look for those. So that would information would be helpful. Um, yeah, IRS.gov. Yeah. yeah, they. it's a great website. It's maybe not the easiest to navigate around, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, you just want to type in a search and then yeah. you get you can get their Right to the right to this gigantic. It's I, you have to scroll for a long time. Yeah. But yeah there's you know terminal illness. Uh, there's medical yeah. to the amount of unreimbursed medical expenses that exceed seven and a half percent of your AGI. Uh, First time home buyers. What was the Capped other one? Ten thousand. Yeah. Yep. Education. Um, education payments directly to institutions for you or a dependent. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, birth oh. or adoption too, oh. up to five thousand dollars for for birth or adoption expenses. There's a there are a lot of them, yeah. so I would certainly check into them if it's if you need money. But there's many of them, so you'll we won't read every single one. But in general, try to avoid drawing from your retirement <laughs> plan pre retirement. Right. Yeah. yeah, I do think it's I I think the exceptions, I think they've. They basically have done nothing but increase this list over time. Mm-hmm. It was much more restrictive, let's say, when we started 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's probably appropriate. I, I think it's not a, generally not a great idea to take money out of a retirement plan early, but people were doing it and paying huge penalties anyway. Yeah. Right? So that, w- that was just a reality of the world that we lived in yeah. was people were taking money out of IRAs, 401ks, and they were getting hit with penalties and taxes. And at least this will ease the burden on that a bit. Yeah. Okay, All move right. on to RMDs, required minimums. Yeah. Yep. Let's go on RMDs. Lots of fun. Our required minimum distributions, thanks to the Secure Act 2.0, we now have a, a currently, if you, when you turn 73, you have to start 
required minimum distributions that will be 75 the rules are the rules state that it's for folks who turn 74 after 12 31 1932 i essentially think that means anyone born 1960 or later Nin- right 11 1960 uh, or later yeah yeah the mm-hmm. tax code yeah the tax code is always written in these weird ways you could just say they could have just said 1960 or later if you're yeah. born but no that's what it says <laughs> yeah well, yeah so 19 so 73 going up to 75 there are now no required minimum distribution. There are no required minimum distributions for Roth IRAs mm-hmm. and now Roth 401ks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's in up until what this that last was, year. That's pretty new. Yeah. So yeah. last year was the first year that you didn't have. If you left your Roth money inside of your 401k, you would have to take yeah. a distribution on it if you were 2022 or earlier, which was a bummer, right? Because if you moved it to your Roth IRA, there wouldn't be a distribution, mm-hmm. but it was always a pro rata distribution. So if you had Roth and IRA money, it was it came out as one unit and mm-hmm. you would be not taxed on the Roth portion, taxed on the IRA portion, yeah. uh, sorry, the, 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 tr- the traditional portion. And that has now changed. So now the you, you just take the distribution straight from the traditional piece, and you can leave your Roth money in your four hundred one k. Yeah, which um, make, which makes sense given there's the required minimum distributions are a thing because the government wants their tax revenue back. Right, all this money was right. has never been taxed. All money in deductible four hundred one ks and deductible IRAs has never been taxed and was deducted upon con- contributing and has grown tax deferred. And so the government forces distributions so that they can have some tax revenue on those dollars. So it does make sense. It's always made sense to me that there were no required distributions from Roths because there's no tax revenue to be had, right? Right. However, the government doesn't want someone to have tax deferral like forever (laughs) and tax-free growth like forever on Roths that could get very sizable so that now there are no forced distributions during life, during your own lifetime for Roth IRA or Roth 401k, but uh, upon your passing and someone inherits the Roth, someone that's not a spouse anyway, 10-year limit, right? So they have to be closed out within 10 years. We'll get to inherited IRA distributions later, but that does make sense to me. And some people get on the topic of just retired required distributions in general. Some people get like real frustrated that they have to take this money. Some people don't need it and they have to take this money and I and I get it. and And they have to declare it as taxable income and pay taxes on it and. People get felt very frustrated. But if you think about all the years of potentially all the years that money had been invested and growing tax, growing, hopefully tax deferred and all the tax deductions that people had over the years putting money in, usually, right, if they were making deductible contributions, then it when you explain that to someone, like, okay, it does make sense. We do have to talk. We we always have to have the tax withholding discussion, especially if they're not if they don't need the money and you have to take fifty thousand dollars out and pay Twenty grand in taxes. It's not always a pleasant conversation, but yeah, yeah. we're going to get into later in the show. We'll get into some of the strategies because there are certainly ways to minimize your tax burden surrounding required minimum distributions. Just because it's a forced distribution, you can essentially look out in the future and and you know what's going to have to happen at what, exactly what time, and you can make a reasonable estimate, mm-hmm. I think, of what the tax burden of the various strategies is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so if you do take the time to actually plan out your, your distribution strategy, you can make a huge difference as far as how yeah. much you pay in taxes, right? Yeah. Not It won't yeah. be zero, that's for right. sure. But you, if you're talking about substantial dollars, and usually the folks who are concerned about paying too much in taxes because they don't need the money tend to have a decent amount of money yeah. tied up in IRAs and 401ks. And so 
we'll talk later about how you can try to minimize that burden. Yeah, skim it out early and stuff like that. Oh, is that on your outline? Cool. All right, we'll talk about that later. That's one of my favorite strategies, actually, for people that have sizable retirement accounts. I know we have. I I I work Roth into all of my all of my outlines with Alyssa. Love it. Thank you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, just quickly on required minimum distributions. The numbers, because we always get this question, and they're not. It's not easy, unfortunately. It it is. It's a life expectancy payment that changes every year, yeah. uh, and so I'm just going to give out a few numbers, right? So at age 70, the number was 3.65. That was the the percentage that you would have to take out based on prior years year end value, right? So if if you turned in the old days when you had to take out your your RMD when you at 70 and a half, uh, that first distribution was 3.65 percent of the account value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you had a hundred thousand dollar IRA, uh, thirty six hundred and fifty dollars would have been your distribution. Right. Now I'll I'll jump ahead uh, to age seventy five. The numbers don't even they, they slowly creep up certainly in the earlier years. The number at seventy five is now four point three seven, right? So when you get to seven if if you're retiring at seventy five, you're gonna be close to four and a half percent on the distribution amount. Age eighty five point three five percent. Age eighty five six point seven five percent of your account value and age 90 is 8.77. In the early years, I think we'll have the discussion about, oh, how much do I need to take out of my IRA? In the early years, there's it, it correlates pretty well with the long-term viability of the distribution percentage, right? Oh, how much mm-hmm. can I take out of my portfolio? The numbers are always custom to every person in every situation, but you're in that sort of three or four percent range to start, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of folks like us would tell you was was appropriate and would last. And it creeps up over time. Eventually, you're going to get to the point where the where likely you're taking out more than the account can earn. Right at, at ninety eight point seven seven percent is a pretty healthy annual return to beat. Not that you can't do it if you're if you're in an aggressive portfolio, but uh, you tend to see that going over and. IRA 401k balances start on their way down because they get pretty substantial in later years anyway. What's the highest required minimum distribution you've ever seen on in our client base? I know we had one client that lived to 99. Yes, Did but I don't she think have she have a retirement this, account. Or I don't she think did, she had an IRA. Yeah, no. I think you're right. I think she just had non-retirement money. Yeah, certainly up in the eight, yeah, the nine percent range. We've we regularly have people over ninety, but yeah, yeah. it's it's a, it becomes a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember like the largest one that I've seen as in terms of a percentage, but I know I have some clients in their very early nineties. Yeah, the numbers haven't been huge yet because right, if you think about someone who's ninety five now, they 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 probably weren't saving as much, right? Because it was just a very different retirement. Right. They, they they probably didn't start their four hundred one k when they were twenty five, right? Yeah. If you're ninety five right now, because yeah. they didn't exist. But yeah, so they're that that number. Those numbers are going to go way way up as this generation ages, and as certainly as our generation ages, and we've been trained to save in our four hundred one k's forever, and that will create tax issues, which we're going to talk about. Part two will be going over the strategy surrounding distributions. Fun fact, uh, if you live to be 110 and you have money in retirement accounts, you have to take out 28.5%. If you <laughs> live to be 120, you have to take out half of it. Wow. <laughs> I love how those things... I love, you, know, you look at... You look at the life insurance calculation, life insurance projection, yeah. and they just keep going. And it's yeah. like, right, there's like an entire page in, yeah. in the hundreds. And you're like, I don't think I need to yeah. look at my projected it's cash values out, out until uh, like, you know, they have to do it. They 120, to, the RMD is 50%. <laughs> uh, hey, we got a plan. We're planning for longevity yep. here. We got, we got Ozempic coming. People are going to be, be, be thin and healthy forever. <laughs> oh, God. 
All right. Uh, okay. So we all right. We have a few minutes, right? We're breaking at nine thirty. Uh, we have two minutes. Two minutes. All right. I guess we could start in on inherited IRA distributions. I don't know that we'll be able to sure. finish it here, but pre twenty twenty. When you inherited an IRA or a 401k, you could do a lifetime distribution that was very similar to a required minimum distribution where you would take distributions over your life. Over your lifetime, those those people are grandfathered in, right? So if you had an inherited IRA that started in 2019 or earlier, For someone who you passed, are... Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, sorry, the, yeah. If, if you inherited it from someone who passed in 2019 <laughs> yeah. or earlier, you are grandfathered in. You can take those distributions based on life expectancy and you can keep that account open theoretically for your entire life uh, as, long as, you're, as long as you're taking those distributions and paying the taxes. Starting in 2020, you now have a full 10 years to complete any inherited IRA, Roth IRA, a full distribution within 10 years. Okay. We should... Go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was telling you one minute. <laughs> one minute. Not Coincidentally, that, that is the hand. same symbol for I need to interrupt you. Yeah. We, you know what? Maybe Let's we should just, just wrap it up. We want to get into the yeah. details after the All right. break. Yeah. So, hey, well, thanks up, for yeah. listening. We'll be back. We'll be right back after the break. If you have uh, a question, you can shoot us an email, questions uh, at McNamaraOnMoney.com. If you have, uh, if you'd like to text us uh, on the WATD text line, uh, that number is uh, 781-837-4900. And we will be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. And welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Talking retirement plan distributions today. All right, Alyssa, let's get back into it. Uh, Inherited IRAs. Ready? I'm ready. I should mention again the the WATD text line. We are live this morning here on Saturday. Number is 781-837-4900 if you'd like to shoot us a text. If you want to email us, questions at McNamara on money. Okay, let's get back into it. Inherited IRAs. We have new rules starting in 2020. But you now have 10 years to take out a distribution, subject to a few exceptions, right, and, if you're a spouse. Yeah, let's just clarify the difference between inheriting as a spouse and inheriting as right. a non-spouse. Yep. Yeah, there, yeah, the, the, so the exceptions are spouses. You can still take your deceased spouse's IRA and make it your own IRA. You can also take a, a, distribu- a required minimum distribution, a lifetime required minimum distribution based on your age and the age of the deceased spouse if that's better for you. And again, that might work if you are under 59 and a half, right? Yeah. So if, you take, if you're 55 and your spouse passes away and you inherit it, you can put it into your IRA, but that, might, that may be an issue if you need money need to from take the IRA. Out. Yeah. Three fifty nine and a half. So you can set it up to take annual distributions if you so choose. Penalty free. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Taxable. Yeah. Still penalty free. Yeah. Uh, minor children are also an exception. They they can take distributions over their life expectancy. Not grandchildren. Just children. So if if you pass away and you have a child who's still a minor, and then there are some disability and chronically ill exceptions as well. Yeah. Um, and they're subject to, to certain rules, which I'm not going to go over here. Yeah. So those, yeah, those are the those are the exceptions. But everyone else has 10 years to fully distribute the account. Th- there has been some 
Part of that. I think there's some. Part of that. Hold on. Yeah. The, do you know I, this is relatively new? Like the, the whole ten year forced total distribution over ten years. But if a minor child inherits an inherited IRA, an IRA, they can do life expectancy distributions. I think until they're the age of majority, and then it goes to a ten year closeout period. I think that's part of the new, yeah, the new act. I haven't come across this yet. It's still very new and and fortunately somewhat uncommon for a minor child to inherit an IRA. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they can take penalty-free life expectancy distributions, but then I think then it reverts to a 10-year closeout, forced 10-year closeout upon oh. age of majority. I believe that's the case. Asterisk, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I haven't, I haven't yeah. dealt with that directly just yeah. yet. But okay. Um, but yeah. yeah, the other, and I don't know if that was a correction. The, the, the other piece of this is that we think going forward, perhaps starting this year, is that mm-hmm. the, the distribution will be, 10, will be both 10 years and an annual RMD, right? So the, the pre-2020 rules were an annual RMD based on life expectancy. And we think that once we get IRS clarification, that 2020 and after will be that same annual RMD, plus you only have 10 years to distribute it. So you have to yeah. do an annual distribution that has to be finished up within 10 years. That was way – I think – I'm not sure how that got – well, we certainly I, were in the – oh, it's they changed it to 10 years camp. And yeah. then in, 20, in 2023, the IRS came out and said we will – we We're would. not requiring an annual distribution for inherited IRAs that were inherited post-2020, and but await further clarification on that. So that's still up in the air. Yeah. If you didn't take an RMD, inherited RMD in 2023 and, and before, I think, you're, you're in the clear. But just to be – just to be clear, you might want to keep your eyes on that rule because they may implement an annual RMD along with the 10 years. So yeah, both, I looked into this recently and, because yeah. one of my clients' tax preparers had a question about it. And yeah, so there was always the fi- like the, you, there was always a five-year rule where you could take the distribution over five years instead of oh, – yeah. for certain decedents, I forget if it was before or after RMDs, there was like you could elect to draw it out over five years and forego the annual requires, right? So there was always a five-year right. rule available to some people. So I think what happened was when the IRS – after the SECURE Act and the IRS clarified that non-spouse – that non-spouses had to close out their IRA, inherited IRAs within 10 years. I think there was some people that made the assumption that now there's a 10-year rule. Previously, there was a five-year rule with no annual required distributions until you just close it out in five years. So there was the assumption that the new 10-year rule also doesn't have annual required. It's just you close it out in 10 years because that would be just like the five-year rule and how it was structured. But when the SECURE Act came out, and the 10-year rule became the new law, Then, but there was no clarification whether or not those annual requireds were required. Yeah. So the assumption was they're not telling us they're required, so they weren't required. And so the IRS has, has come out with proposed regulations to clarify, proposing that the annual distributions will also be required in addition to the 10-year, but they have not finalized. So so right. annual distributions for decedents that passed after 1-1 of 2020 and for people that inherited their IRAs, so 2020, 21, 22, and 23, those annual yeah. requirements have all been forgiven, but the IRS has said we expect to finalize these regulations in 2024. So I'm probably going to, for my clients that have inherited IRAs for decedents post 1-1 of 20, 
probably yeah. start taking distributions this year. We're anticipating that will be finalized. Yeah, I think the deep, yeah. I think the deep tax people are still on the. You need to take your annual required RMD, and I feel like maybe us yeah. investment folks are or just some uh, well, maybe, no, you don't. Who knows? No, yeah, no? yeah, <laughs> didn't say so. Yeah, <laughs> good luck, good luck chasing down everyone who who didn't do it for the last three years, anyways. Yeah. So yeah, but keep your eye. I, I would. I'm going to guess that's going to be cor- corrected this year, right? We're still early in the year, and I think the last <laughs> the, the 2023 yeah. advisory came out like in the summer, so they're not they're not really. The IRS website actually says we expect to finalize this in 2024. Of course, it might. Oh, have great. Said, it might have said no. I don't think it said that last year, but I don't know. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what I'm going off of. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ooh, let's see where where was I? Um, inherited IRA distributions is that's yeah. probably oh, I think a, I did about it for those. That was it. Yeah. 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 All right. Just so to, I don't know. Well, I think we touched on this when you inherit an IRA from someone, and yep. many people inherit IRAs when they're under the age of 59 and a half. So just to clarify, there's never, unless there's that situation where you're a spouse and you make it your own account and you're not 59 and a half, but everyone else that inherits an IRA, distributions come out of the IRA with taxes, federal and state if applicable, but never any penalty to take money out of an IRA, an inherited IRA, excuse me, before 59 and a half. So just to clarify the difference between inherited IRAs and IRAs in that regard, there's no penalty under age 59 and a half for distributions. Always well ta- always taxes though unless it's a Roth. Sorry. Always taxes. Yeah. And the, yeah, those the inherited Roth rules, same rules. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I guess I assume there'll be an annual distribution on the Roth too. Not know. that it matters yeah. cuz it's all tax free, but still this the same 10 years. Yeah. The yeah, we, and we can talk strategy on that when we get to our strategy session in I a little while. I feel like it will matter. I don't want there to be required distributions on Roths because you can leave it alone for 10 years and get tax free. Oh, yeah, you're right. Growth, from an investment point of view, yeah, yes, it doesn't matter invest- from a tax point of view. Depending on what you're doing with the proceeds, right. if you're funding your own right. Roth, for example, which which is a great way to yeah. go Roth to Roth, yeah. then you'll want to, then you may want to take that distribution, but you're right. The, yeah. the more tax free growth you have, the better. Mm-hmm. All right. QCD. I think this is going to be our last one on, on distribution rules. So QCD, it's a okay. qualified charitable distribution, right? So you can take money uh, from an IRA, 401k. I, I don't actually. Do, I'm going to guess it'll be it's difficult to do from a 401k cuz there's a form and stuff and I'm okay. not it may be 401k for by 401k to do it. Um I guess is that it's allowed but certain 401ks may not want to get into that administrative end of it. So I should have researched that one ahead of time but mm-hmm. but so you can we'll just we'll use the example of an IRA. You can take money directly from an IRA after age 70 and a half, right? So they never changed yeah. that. That used to sync up with the RMD rules, but now it's still at age 70 and a half. But you can take up to $100,000 per year out of an IRA account. And, and as long as it is sent directly to a 501c3 charity, it will be tax free. Okay. So no, no taxes on that distribution as long as it goes directly to a charity. Mm hmm. All right. The limit is per spouse, so you could theoretically do two two one hundred thousand dollar QCDs per year, one for each spouse, uh, and you could dodge all the income taxes on up to two hundred thousand uh, dollars in distributions. So these make uh, sense if you're of a certain age, obviously over seventy and a half, and you yeah. already are making or intend to be making sizable charitable contributions. Or these really, you could say yeah. any charitable contribution. There's, yeah, I would say. 
I don't know how I don't know what percentage of it, but it's a fairly healthy percentage of people will will give money directly to something during the year. Yeah. You're going to have to do the math on how much work it's. There's a little work involved in it. You have to fill out a form, and yet yeah. you have to go. You have to get the the ID from the 501c3 corporation, and mm-hmm. you have to submit it. Let's say to, to Schwab or Fidelity, and the check has to be. So there, there's some administrative work that goes along with it. So it might not if you're going to give five hundred dollars to cars for kids, maybe it's not worth it. But it's certainly, you know, if, yeah, if it's for sizable it's worth the time for you, yeah, for, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're doing five or ten grand, it's yeah. probably going to be worth it, uh, worth the time for you to do it that way because it's fully tax free, no income taxes. Yeah, and it does satisfy required minimum distributions. Yeah, which is nice, especially for those folks who uh, don't need the money and are charitably inclined. If you're over seventy and a half. You can satisfy your required minimum distribution via a qualified charitable distribution, and again, as long as it's directly to a QCD, to a—it's <laughs> too many, it's too many words. Yeah, that's a lot. Directly a lot to a five hundred one c three, it will qualify, and you won't pay taxes on it. And it only—it does only work for tax deferred money. It doesn't. If you were doing non-deductible IRA contributions, it doesn't apply to those funds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. For I, I guess for obvious why. reasons, because yeah, okay. there, you wouldn't pay taxes on them right. anyway. You wouldn't pay taxes. But that was in my that why? was in my research. Okay. And that's it. Anything else on QCD? Again, they're not super. Um, I don't I think know. They're if not they're... super common, and I've brought yeah. this up with a few clients where I thought appropriate, and I have. I can only think of one or two over the years that I've facilitated for people, but I do have that on my radar to bring it up a little bit more. But yeah, they're not super common. Not that they maybe because there's work involved, and and yeah. people are relying on the income from their portfolio for life, and the, maybe a more rare few that I work with anyway that have a sizable surplus and are giving amounts to charity or you could do that. A lot of times if there's a sizable surplus, it's gifted to kids instead of charity. But yeah, yeah, somewhat rare. I can't think of very many people, not that couldn't change going forward, but yeah, um, I think in a lot of, I think for a lot of folks, especially that that we work with, a lot of your charitable stuff is, oh, I gave five hundred dollars to the to this memorial golf tournament, or I gave Mm twenty five bucks a week to my church. So there's definitely some planning involved, and and you'd have to say, all right, well, I'm going to probably do this once a year, and I'll give ten thousand dollars to to my church at the beginning of the year, and it's just Mm -hmm. it's not really. Give, writing huge charitable checks, I don't think, is in most people's kind of regular yeah. yearly plans. It, it tends to be a lot more small dollar amounts and, and dispersed a bit. But yeah. keep it in mind, certainly, if yeah. you have charitable charitable intentions and some extra money. Yeah. All right. That was it. That was everything I had. Should we go and talk strategy? Yeah, it's, I love it. That's my favorite part. Yep. I'm going to stop. I'll start with Roth conversion. Maybe okay. we, we won't even get to the rest. Yeah. All right. As far as strategy goes, so w- when you're thinking about taking your IRA distributions, there are set rules, as I mentioned earlier. We, You know what you're going to have to do, and that allows you to do some – as long as you are able to, to forecast out your income you know, with relative accuracy and your account values, again, with relative accuracy, you can take a look and project out and say, oh, hey, this is my picture for the next 20 years, right? I'm 65 and I'm going to live on my social security benefit until 73, at which point required distributions are going to kick in. And if I do some math on my, my, my average annual return, I know that when I am 73, both my spouse and I are going to, ha- are going to hit RMDs and we're going to have, you name the number, $50,000 a year coming in at that point. 
and based on my tax projection, my that's gonna that's gonna cost me whatever the number is in taxes twenty three thousand twenty thousand dollars in taxes, and it's going to put me up into the twenty two percent tax bracket, right? So yeah. it's you can with pretty good accuracy mm-hmm. forecast what's going to happen to you to you from a tax point of view, and therefore you can plan ahead if something. Is if you're if there's going to yeah. be a negative consequence to maybe another set of strategies, right? And the one that we talk about, and I know you talk about all the time, Roth conversion is taking advantage of lower tax brackets when you have them in 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 favor of reducing taxes payable in later years when you are forced into those large distributions, right? Yeah. And especially, I think it's probably more and more common now. I think it'll be, there's always going to be a planning opportunity, but for this generation who's just retired, who didn't really have Roth as a a huge part of their savings, right? Even when Roth came out, it Mm -hmm. was a Mm $2,000 per year limit. Yeah. So even if you started with the first Roth IRA, you probably didn't accumulate that much money in it if Mm -hmm. you're now retired. And you have a lot of very large traditional balances that are fully taxable and you can play with your income tax rates over the course of your lifetime, assuming you can forecast them with any relative accuracy and try to take advantage of that. I think there's a couple of strategies that could be implemented. So what you're talking about is someone someone is projected to have a very large required minimum distribution if they have a large retirement balance that can bump someone up a couple a tax bracket or two or something. And the couple strategies could be implemented basically both one being what you're talking about Roth conversions prior to required distributions and the other I think just being what I would call like skimming out like taking distributions from the retirement account even if you don't really need to even if there's assets or income elsewhere but skimming it out and trying to stay in a lower tax bracket and just like I said, skimming it, so it it's not going to re- skimming is not going to reduce in an incredibly impactful way required distributions later, um, yeah. but it doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't hurt to take money out, pay taxes at a lower bracket, which just reduces your required distribution later, which might be at a higher tax bracket. So I think there's two strategies that can be implemented: Roth conversions and straight up distributions that right. someone is then using the after tax proceeds for income. So I. I'd be interested to hear what you, what you do, but I like actually more. I love Roths, but I actually don't I find a lot of situations where Roth conversions, like in these later years, make yep. more sense than just straight up distributing the assets and using them for income. Because if you think about who is in this situation where they should be skimming out of an IRA before required, it's someone who probably isn't working because if they're still working and someone that has a tons of money in a retirement account probably makes good money right so if they're in their working years probably is not going to make sense to take money out of a retirement account because they're in a high bracket maybe or if someone the Roth conversion strategy or there's someone that like you were mentioning someone that is like living on social security for example and then will take distributions later or be forced to take distributions later Sometimes if you like look at the if you think about Social Security, I think it often makes sense to actually delay Social Security because you get that great increase, but then take right. from the portfolio. So like then I find that it make, it's going to make sense to do that skimming strategy and Roth conversions. I just don't find a lot of situations where Roth conversions later in life. And I don't know if your experience is any different. I think Roth conversions like for people on the younger side make a lot of sense. Small balances, stuff like that. Backdoor IRAs, like stuff like that. I have a very small amount of 
older retiree clients where Roth conversions make sense over that just straight up distribution strategy. You know, yeah, I think, I, I th- again, like everything else, it always depends on the individual situation. Yeah. If you are in a situation where you have a healthy IRA 401k balance that's traditional, that's going to be taxable, and also have a health, if we're yeah. talking about smaller, fairly small sure. segments of the population here, but yeah. if you also have substantial taxable assets, and okay, I, yeah. I just ran, yeah. a, I ran a, a scenario where, you know, hypothetical clients, they had $500,000 in taxable tax efficient money, right? So you have to, it depends on not all taxable money is created equally, right? If, if like we see semi commonly people save for retirement in, in banks and they have a bunch of CDs right before they retire, that's very tax efficient money. And you might, you know, if you just took out all your taxable money first, you might drop down to the 0% tax bracket, right? I have this graph in front of me and it has all of the, the marginal tax brackets listed and then the hypothetical scenario of oh okay the person retires they just live off their cat their bank cash yeah and that is for not five years yeah that's not all that uncommon yeah yeah and then they are and then when they hit seventy three their tax rate jumps up several brackets yeah. because oh now all of a sudden they have to have they're taking out a hundred thousand dollars a year in distributions plus they're now on on social security and versus if you just fill up that income to your 12% tax bracket for all those years, mm-hmm. the difference ends up being that you have less money in the traditional and the required distributions are lower every year. Yeah. And over time, that that adds up. So I, again, I think it's is long, the, the strategy is essentially the same. Yeah. Right? It's taking money out of the yeah. IRA. It's just where you stash it, right? And if you have plenty of money in the taxable world, you know, realm to live off of, uh, I think it usually does make sense to to Roth convert because yeah. the Roth money goes in and then it's it's escaping taxation and you're just you're living off the less tax efficient taxable asset and you're building up the more tax efficient Roth asset uh, and I think so that does work. But again, you're, you're talking yeah. about relatively smaller benefits, right? The, if you're if you yeah. have a real opportunity to do Roth conversion and it's going to save you money. Then exactly what you do with the the proceeds, like the, you know, getting it into the Roth or just using that as your income, will be a, a relatively smaller benefit than actually just, oh hey, I'm going to pay some money at twelve and I'm going to not pay a lot more later yeah. at at twenty four. Right? Yeah, I think that a couple of thoughts on that. Like it, it is not all that uncommon for again this type of person or family to ha- that has very sizable amounts in retirement accounts and could be subject to very large distributions. Not uncommon for them to also have saved, lo- accumulated lots of cash in the bank, for example. Right. So right. so a good financial strategy, right, like that you just mentioned is draw down your cash, very tax efficient, and from an investment perspective also makes sense, right? Likely earnings in an invested account more than what cash can earn. So draw down y- your asset that's not working probably as, as much for you. But then think about those types of people that have lots and lots of cash. They like it. Like those, the people that right. have hoarded cash, right? Like that's just people, some people fair, do fair. that because they feel comforted by having several hundred thousand dollars in cash. And sometimes those people are hesitant to spend it down. Sure. So I find, okay, then we'll let them, let's draw out of your asset and use income so that, and maybe draw down your cash a little, but not so heavily because they just like, like it's a safety net. It's a, it's a security blanket yeah. uh, for a lot of people. And the other yeah, thought I, just, I had was like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. One other thought that I, I do think that there are times where that Roth conversion strategy later in life is going to make sense. And I, I think 
maybe where it might make the most sense is, again, for the type of person or family that we're uh, describing right now, very well off financially, probably has more assets than they need. Good. I was going to say, I like, I want to use the word family planning, but that also means it also has another meaning that family financial planning, like for these people that are going to be likely passing sizable amounts of assets to the next generation, Roth conversion strategy, getting money over to Roth and maybe earmarking that for the next generation, get aggressive with it. Good to be aggressive, in my opinion, inside of Roth IRAs could be a good family financial planning strategy. Let's tuck assets over here. Very tax efficient for the next generation. I would, I do like it for that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I yeah so. I would tell you and I think just because we're gonna probably run out of time for for the the, minutes, the, yeah. the inherited IRA strategy piece all, all of all planning along this lines is is always minimizing the amount that you're taking out in higher tax brackets right and trying yeah. not to bracket jump right so the, the discussion about Roth conversion would apply equally to like an inherited IRA right oh I I have ten years in an extreme example if you inherit a million dollars you can let's just say theoretically you could wait all 10 years yeah you might that might be fine except in the in that last year you're taking out a million dollars or a million and a half dollars uh and you're, you're paying half of it right goes out. to taxes. yeah i just yeah. I, I ran a, a hypothetical where a 65 year old couple took out the money uh a hundred thousand dollars per year for 10 years yeah. and their marginal tax rate was 30 percent uh in the average year versus, versus if they just saved all the money and they took it out at the very end the marginal tax rate jumped to 47.5%. So that's a huge, Huge. the the numbers are always going to depend on the size of the portfolio. Again, that's, you're you're talking about smaller segments of the population who have that particular problem, but it works. The the math works uh, for, for, for the vast majority of people. It just might be the numbers aren't, you know, it might not be like you're saving $175,000 in taxes. It may be uh, 20,000. That's still $20,000. change. Yeah. Um, The, people with more assets, more financial, more planning opportunities for us. That's exciting. Um, (laughs) That's right. I was going to say more, more problems, but always good problems to have. If you have finance, if you have lots of money and lots of financial problems in in quotes, that's, those are good problems to have. Uh, Anyway, we're, we're hearing the music, so we got to wrap it up, but to follow up, Justin and I do plan to do a future show, hopefully in the near future about inheriting money. Um, best uses for it. What do you do when you inherit money? The taxes involved, all that stuff to think about. So that'll be one of our shows in the near future. I'm hearing the music, so I'll do the close. You've been listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined today by my brother and business partner, Justin McNamara. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOfTheMerrimack.com for our Merrimack Valley location. You can also check out our podcast on any of your podcast apps. Search McNamara on Money. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. You can find McNamara on Money on all the major podcasting platforms. New episodes drop every Monday. Tune in weekly for everything you need to know about making smart financial decisions. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode.